0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Legend of Portalcast, a podcast dedicated to Avatar The Last Airbender, Legend of Korra, all things Avatar. I'm Colin, the main host, and tonight I have Kevin with me. Hello. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Uh, So first off, Kevin, how have you been uh, since kind of we last talked and uh, you were last in the cast? Pretty good. Actually, I remembered uh, the last time I was on, it was
1: just before I was running into a curling tournament, and uh, we ended up winning part of it. So I got
0: my name on some hardware. Nice! And I got a bowl Oh and a beer. Man. Well, not a bad day. <laughs> not a bad day at all. I mean, that feels so fitting, the, you know, considering our discussion tonight.
1: I was I was thinking it'd be a nice uh, thing to relate to this. Nice, nice catch.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so tonight, uh, we are going to be continuing our discussion of The Legend of Korra. Unfortunately, uh, due to scheduling and just coordinating with uh, Dutch time zones, the Dutch chicken will not be joining us for this. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get him back on uh, for future episodes, but we we didn't want to not talk about Korra because uh, throughout the podcast, we've kind of just been mainly focusing on Avatar. But I mean, the thing is, there's still so much of Korra that we have like barely even scratched the surface of. And to be frank, when we did the follow-up podcast to Portalcast, Korracast, uh in like 2011, 2012, we only did the first season of Korra. So we never actually have discussed as a group on this podcast seasons two through four of Korra. So we, I we, never thought about that. That's interesting. Yeah, we have some uncharted territory to get into. And I, I'm really excited because I, I think that there's just a lot of great discussion to be had. And just considering our overall knowledge of the Avatar world, it's going to be really fun to apply all of that and really kind of you know bring that into the discussion with everything uh so yeah so thank you kevin for joining tonight uh i'm super excited to get to talk about this episode or these two episodes so yeah we're going to be talking about episodes five and six uh, episode five is the spirit of competition and episode six is and the winner is dot 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 oh uh, i didn't <laughs>
1: realize that was the name of the second
0: one. Oh, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so oh, double meanings i know i know so good um so kind of as we've seen up to this point in uh in korra you know korra has come to republic city we've realized that amon is kind of the main antagonist for the season now uh korra you know has gone into attempt to infiltrate the equalist movement and learn more about him and uh korra has become part of councilman tarlock's task force which aims to rid Republic City of the equalis. Um, But as that's been going, we've been getting this really nice kind of side story of the pro-bending competition and Korra joining the Fire Ferrets alongside Bolin and Mako and this wonderful just sport that we are introduced to uh, in this series. And I think it's just what really added such a wonderful kinetic just action Part of this series. I mean, we obviously we had some like sports. We saw like there was a brief sport in like uh, you know beginning that of Avatar. That we'll never talk about. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, that one, of course, the one. That <laughs> oh, we but the one out. you're talking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when Ang is uh, showing them at the Southern Arab Temple in Episode Three of uh, Book One, um, that he was kind of talking about. But I mean, you know, we never really see anything in depth, um, and they really lean into this. It is very much a central part of the storyline, and what's really exciting about these episodes is we get a lot of it, and we see all of that come to a head, and a lot of storylines clashing. Um, So uh, without further ado, I want to get into uh, the first episode here, The Spirit of Competition. Um, And something I thought was really interesting, because it opens up with the uh, kind of recap and everything and we have that wonderful announcer who is like the voice of the season and the recap <laughs> i love that guy so much <laughs> oh he's fantastic yes he's so good and it's it's fun because it really kind of uh he really sets the tone for the series because it, it's this like very like 20s era type of radio um uh, announcer and it really kind of it feels almost like those kind of newsreel uh mm-hmm. announcers yes, from like old exactly war films. That's what I was
1: thinking about. I, I yeah, between that and when they do the the start of the episodes, I like it because this is kind of their not steampunk but you know as steampunk as avatar can get. Like they got to have some fun with it. Yeah. Um which, you know, going back to what you had said in uh, the last episodes, you know, it's like where they had the mechanical Momo and like they were kind of aiming towards steampunk. This was them like almost like putting their toe in the water. Like, what if we did some steampunk?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, when when they were talking about what they wanted for Korra, I know a lot of the initial news when they were kind of talking about developing this time period was that they really wanted to mix um, the like early 20th century Um, America with um, East Asia and specifically China and just kind of what those two countries were kind of going through in terms of technology and culture and kind of fusing those together because obviously we have a lot of elements a lot of elements of like jazz and like, mm. especially with the soundtrack. But then we have a lot of these wonderful, like Chinese instruments um, that are still featured heavily in the soundtrack. And again, Jeremy Zuckerman uh, from yeah. the track team. I mean, like the work that like he did on this to not only keep the spirit of the world of avatar, but to bring it into this new era is it's such a defining part. The music has yeah, always been. Yeah.
1: Yeah, cuz he definitely has some instrument. I don't remember what it is, but it's the one that usually is in almost every episode. Um he continued like keeping those sounds while introducing some new stuff.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um so yeah, so the the thing is like I wanted to bring up the recap because there is this kind of like, you know, really heavy focus on Cora and her relationship to Mako and the announcer even just saying like well, like how is she going to deal with, you know, this like new relationship? Like, is that going to be her greatest challenge? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was laughing so hard. I'm like, oh, this is so high school. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's interesting because they, I mean, they really lean into the relationship, uh, between Korra and Mako and this love triangle of Korra, Mako and Asami, because it is this, you know, it's juicy. It's like, it's it, it provides good tension, and they didn't really hmm. have any sort of love triangle in, uh, like, Avatar The Last Airbender. Like, they're... Uh, Katang and Zutara. Well, uh. Okay, one that was actually showing plausible evidence. <laughs> that was
1: evidence. the funniest one, how, how upset people would get when you even mention Zutara. Uh, <laughs> it was great. This one, it's actually, like, you. you're right. This one is actually a legitimate, like... And it's good because it's like you said, it's like they're trying to build some tension into something. And anyone who's worked in a small team or been, in, you know, this reminds me a lot of high school or college where it's like you have small groups of friends. And then there's that, will they, won't they, should I, shouldn't I, mm-hmm. but we need to work together on this thing to get this done type of like, it's a, I like that they introduce that question to the team because like everything, everything was kind of gelling well. So they're like, you know what? Life doesn't work this way. Let's throw a monkey wrench in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's the thing. It's them exploring, you know, having teenage characters, like late teenage characters, instead of like kind of kids. You know, mm-hmm. they got to do more with that, and uh, that that definitely is becomes a huge focus uh, with this episode. And you know, we really kind of open up. We see, you know, Bolin's affection for Korra in this moment. Oh. Um, just like I feel bad. he tried so. <laughs>
1: I know, I know oh, no, so... nothing, nothing beats, I'm sorry, like if we're jumping ahead, but, uh, you know, it's like, as you can see, he's generally tr- trying, he does like her, and then, after they kiss, and then, you see Bolin, oh. it's like, they could have ended it right there, they could have just went to, they could have went to commercial and just been like, oh man, what a gut punch, but no, being Avatar, they always know how to balance the comedic side, With the serious Mm -hmm. stuff, Mm -hmm. because already you're like, oh, gut punch, and then when he starts wailing (laughs) and just arms out, flails and runs away, I was I went from like feeling so bad for the guy to like just crying, laughing. I'm like, oh, that was so good. They 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 took such a weighty moment that really
0: like you knew like hurt. Yeah. (laughs) And it's great because you know they really set it up in the beginning here. You know, Bolin just having you know this attraction towards Korra, and as uh, Sami comes in and uh, or you know leaves with Mako, and he's just like, well, there there they go, two of them. No one else is here. Just two alone people. Alone in the gym.
1: It was so good. You know, it's like when you think of the stupid pickup lines. It's like, you know, if you if you were a pirate, would you have your parrot on this shoulder or reach the far (laughs) shoulder or this one? It was like that exact moment of, like he's just like trying to lay it up so like non non nonchalantly. Like it was so obvious. Oh, it was so Uh, ridiculous.
0: um You know, and then we segue. How genuine,
1: he is, which is oh. I thought was a big part of it. It's a big part of his character, they show. This is Bolin; like he's not here to fool around. He is a straight shooter. He'll hard yeah, on his sleeve kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's a lot. They do a lot of building. You're like <laughs> a lot of building and just little things like that. Definitely.
0: Yeah. It's it just. It's again great moments of like just showing the character um, with that. And and then, you know, we get Korra back at Air Temple Island and we have this wonderful uh, little scene that begins with uh, her, Janora, and Iki uh, putting the yes. fruit into the little basket and we get to see some lemurs, which is great. Um, <laughs> Sorry, and then we cheap. get, you know, Janora and Iki's advice uh, for Korra about this. And it was so funny because when, when Janora was telling this story to Korra, just like, oh, it's about this you know princess who you know uh rides a dragon into battle and everything i was like i was like girl are you reading game of thrones
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh i did not make that association that's good
0: i mean there's no like diving into a volcano but like it's still i was just like where where we're at right now with game of thrones i was like oh man this is this is too real (laughs) 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 but then Uh, oh sorry go ahead (laughs) no i'm just thinking that i have to start a game of thrones death
1: white walker survives pool
0: oh my gosh i know like seriously between like this episode is going to be going live on monday and (sighs) you know This is going to be a tough weekend between (laughs) Game of Thrones and Infinity and, like, Endgame. Like, it is going to be a heart-wrenching weekend. And I'm just... (laughs) You know, it was nice to kind of see some, like, you know, nice, like, comedic relief with... You know Cora here even though some tragic stuff happens I was like man I, I gotta like I gotta watch something like happy like before this <laughs> and after all of this because I'm gonna be so emotionally drained by the end of this weekend oh
1: <laughs> Oh man I was just thinking I'm like you could watch the rest of this set, the season but oh it's a ride
0: yeah <laughs> So uh, you know we get that story from Janora, and you know Iki is kind of like giving uh, her advice, and it's it's like it's so it's so funny the t- that like you know Cora is confiding in them. And-
1: yeah, I, I was thinking the same. Well, you even tell she thought it at this, but then she like has that doubt,
0: so she's like, "No, I'm fine." <laughs> but what would you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, it's, it's funny because, like, they're all kind of in the same boat. Like, they don't have, like, any yeah. experience with guys, like, at all. So, it's, it's just funny to kind of see that. And it, it's great because you also get to see that friendship really developing between all of them. Um, and, of course, you know, we enter Pema, uh, who comes in and talks about how she confessed her feelings, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, confessed her feelings uh, for yeah. Tenzin and was able to kind of steal away. Uh, Tends in from a uh, mysterious woman who we, of course, know <laughs> as Lynn, and what a great uh, payoff that is later in this episode. Um, I love
1: how, yeah, thinking about it is when I like that you did these episodes as a twofer because they relate so well mm-hmm. um, to each other with the uh, intertwined storylines Definitely. this
0: and it's so funny because there's like this is the second time when uh well we we get like this moment where you know Cora can conf- you know she's giving Cora advice to confess to Mako but then later on it's like the the, the way that she's called out for it uh you know where- oh yes <laughs> <laughs> There's just lots of lots of great little setups and they do a great job of like because the season is so tight they do a great job of like really nice setups and payoffs and really making the writing just nice and tight and really sing.
1: Yeah the, thinking about it more like, I mean I know Kip was kind of getting a glimpse of like just how quick the action is like even looking at these episodes it seems like the action is almost slow but it crams in so much of information and story building and character building.
0: Yeah definitely. Um so you know we have a kind of nice end to the scene and then it gets us right into uh pro bending. Um so we're at the quarterfinals and uh this is really cool because you know we we saw in the last kind of pro bending fight Cora you know really starting to uh adapt the air bending teachings to kind of pull out that last victory that they had to get to the tournament. And now we get yeah. to see the Fire Ferrets working well together. Um, and just kind of this, like, amazing coordination that they have. The training that is really, like, paid off. And it's it's great to see that because, again, so much of, like, the theme of Korra as a whole as a series is that these characters are not just, like, innately gifted in a way that Aang and the gang were in Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, they have to really fight for the ground that they have to cover in order for them to succeed not only in like fights against the equalist but in the pro bending arena as well and i thought that this was such a really nice like foreshadowing to their kind of teamwork that they're going to you know kind of develop together
1: that's very true and it's as we've learned with anything you eventually need a montage yeah they don't (laughs) i mean they granted don't have one as you know quick and Uh, as you see in the movies but you know like with anything when you first start like sometimes it could be beginner luck or if things just kind of work to well together and anyone who's played so my sport is curling uh the funniest thing is when you watch people who like are like oh that's easy yeah it's 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 easy enough to pick up and then you go play like olympians and then they crush you yeah um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you discover it's because of things like this where, yeah, you might be, like, decent or be okay, like, or sometimes beginner luck or things kind of go your way at the start. But the people who do it day in, day out usually have broken down at some point or questioned everything that they were doing and then had to go to basics and build it all back together again stronger than before, mm-hmm. which why uh, why I like uh, bringing that up at the start of this episode is that's essentially what's going to happen here is, yeah, things are going really well together. Only to eventually break down Mm. um, where they do put it together. Admittedly, you know, there was uh, some shenanigans about, but they put it together and they do end up doing better than they could have, you know, despite the circumstances. So,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Because then they get to know each other better. They get to understand each other's motivations, their pros, their cons and how they can each help each other.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, it, it is this the, the the fact that we really didn't get a montage or anything like that, that like so much kind of time has passed is also this, this part of Korra being this more condensed season that everything yeah. kind of happens more quickly. Because I think that in Avatar The Last Airbender, if this was a 20 episode season, we would get more of that training and kind of the struggles that would go on. There would be more to kind of explore because obviously they have a lot of different storylines that they could do, but it is this choice of the writing team and Mike and Brian to condense all of this into just really uh, fast and efficient storytelling. Be like, okay, we we could do that, but you know, it's going to be more interesting if we just, jump into this and we really get into the action.
1: I like you're right. It's I never really thought about it, but it's interesting that they let us have fun with pro bending, which is just a freaking awesome. Um, (laughs) But then they also go and um, to have this sort of pseudo montage thing happen. The easiest way is to throw, you know, uh, a guy and a girl into a room and then see what happens. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, by making the, um, the love interest, the friction, they could divide the team pretty naturally. Um, mm. like no one would question this and be like, oh, no, that would never happen. Everyone who has seen this episode is like, mm, yeah, that totally happened. <laughs> uh, um, so then they could have that, you know, coming together moment, um, through pro bending, you know, it's like not something that would, like you said, if they had a whole season to act this out, they could do it. Um, but they had to figure out how they could get this team together, how they could kind of break it apart and how they could bring it back together again, mm. um, without it being too forced. Yeah. And doing it through pro bending made it entertaining and uh, very expedient for them to develop the team as they needed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Again, just really, really fast, tight storytelling. And, you know, I I think that in some parts of Korra, it works incredibly well to its advantage. I think other times it is this kind of feeling of like, you know, we as Avatar fans would just watch a 20 episode season because it would just be like more Avatar is more Avatar. But at the same time, it's like the level of animation and detail that is going into Quora and how now they are dealing with a, you know, it is in HD, it is a 1920 by 1080 frame instead of the standard definition, uh, you know, square frame that avatar was like was done in it's you know not sure i didn't think
1: it's it's a good point actually i was just thinking to bring i didn't know if i should bring that up when i was watching the episode um what i thought was interesting and people can go back and watch and then think of this what they will but when they were showing mako and bolin like just at the start of the episode after they had like you know they were breaking off out of their stuff and like you could actually like see the definition of like muscles and stuff and i'm like geez these animators didn't like skimp like they could have very easily just done some like uh you know not to say that avatar wasn't well animated but a lot of times you know people were in parkas or were covered in clothing and here they actually had to kind of like detail these people and i'm like man this is this is pretty darn good for an you know an animated show
0: yeah absolutely um you know it's it's definitely them uh you know finding out okay where do we put this time and energy for the animation and the art like where are we going to focus in on and you know clearly because the i mean with this pro bending like in this first fight it's it's great action sequences i mean we are getting some amazing just like bender on bender fight but it's within a realm of a sport and it's not necessarily kind of this you know out in the open field there are there are round earthen disks. There's water for them to pull and the firebenders are just kind of doing these standard blasts like across, you know, towards each other. And it's this really uh, interesting choice for them to kind of have this very controlled environment and they can just focus in on the arena. There's not much that they have to do in terms of like, OK, we're what 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 earth is are the earthbenders going to pull from? Are we going to have mm-hmm. to compensate for, you know, like a mountain or a, like <laughs> the side of oh, like, the de- yeah, yeah, the
1: design was freaking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do question the fact I thought, I don't know if it was a thing of continuity. We'll probably get to it. But did you notice that when Bolin was in the tiebreaker, the ground didn't raise, but it was when Cora was in the tiebreaker, the ground raised up. Yeah. Well, it, and it took away the grappling move that bolin was trying to go for because now it was basically as soon as your foot went over you were over yeah you'd be falling down and i thought about it later and i'm like huh i wonder why they did that maybe it was for the you know for the drama of the the final but i was just like man for a sport that usually has very defined rules granted we don't know any of these rules other than what the announcer tells us <laughs> um i was like i just thought that was kind of curious that they they jumped on that but no otherwise i i'd love the thought that went into pro bending and you're right it also made a natural place for them to just have everything happen
0: well um, i i wonder if it has to do with the given element that maybe water is like elevated oh that's um, interesting okay and, there's an
1: earth is more of like a ground and pound okay yeah because i
0: mean i I mean especially with like this idea that like you know the solo kind of match that we get with bolin later on is is more of just kind of like it becomes wrestling almost and it is kind of like something that feels more like you know that it would be grounded whereas waterbending it's like Okay, like you're only gonna be able to get like one or two shots off because like water is gonna just like yeah, knock people back. That's a good point. Back. Okay,
1: hmm. I get by. All right, I, I'm I'm happy you brought up that item because otherwise <laughs> I was trying to figure out why they would do it, and I like
0: that. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to uh, the latest episode of The Legend of Portalcast. Um, Just hope you're enjoying the uh, new format that we're going to be doing. It was nice to get to round out uh, these episodes a little bit more uh, now that we have this new structure. And just wanted to thank you guys again so much for your feedback. Uh, It has really been incredibly insightful for us to be able to do this new format. And it feels like we're going to be able to do a lot more with it. And that wouldn't have been possible without you guys. Um, so just a big shout out to everyone on our Instagram for uh, taking time to answer that poll and give us that feedback. It was so helpful, and we are so excited about this moving forward. So we're going to be doing uh, episode six of Cora after this, and we're just so excited to continue this discussion, dive deeper into Cora, and uh, hope you guys are enjoying it. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of the show. Um. So of course, after the match ends, everyone you know, Fire Ferrets are victorious, and then Cora has like this ridiculous, abrupt confession of her feelings to Mako, and it's oh. like it's such an awkward scene for her. Oh, it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> just like it's just word vomit, and she just gets it out there, like I really like you, and then he's just like. Uh. And it was like right if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it, it was like right before Sonbox. It's like, oh yeah. come on. It's like you had to know she was gonna come in the room core. It's yeah. like uh oh uh. But I mean, again, Cora has not like dated or had any interactions with boys that we really know of. That's so it's just her, like her
1: recent advice is from a mother of about to of three and two of her daughters who are <laughs> under the age of eight. So, yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> and I mean, it's so much. It's a reflection of like Cora's personality that she just meets things head on like she just punches through like her problems it's and it's like she just is like ah, okay I'm just gonna blurt this out there there's you no know, <laughs> real kind of finesse to it it's just her getting that out there <laughs> um but yeah again you know it, it kind of uh you know obviously Mako shuts her down and then Korra's is pretty bummed and then you know Bolin is just like hey let's go out and have some fun and obviously he really wants to go on a date with Korra and you know he is attracted to her Chorus sees this as just a way to have fun and just kind of like get away from the situation. And, you know, it's a great little scene where we get to see them at this Water Tribe restaurant. They're both eating noodles. Bolin is thrilled with how everything is going. Oh, you like Water Tribe food? I like Water Tribe food. This is great. See, we both like these things. This is great. (laughs) Oh, he was trying so hard. I know. Poor guy. But then we get... The entrance of Tano, uh, the very slick looking uh, waterbender from the uh, White Falls Wolf Bats uh, (laughs) and his posse that kind of hangs around with him. And it's interesting because like Bolin is like genuinely very afraid of him. And it's just like this idea of he is that bully. He is that just intimidating figure. And it just Bolin is just like we don't need to talk to him. Just don't like say anything like this is, this is not like, you know, we really kind of see Bolin, you know, he's, he's sometimes very confident and very sure of himself. But like, we really see this very vulnerable side of Bolin where he is just legitimately scared of Tano. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's like the, for him to even be like, no, I'm just like, it's like funny things that I think about later, like thinking for a different perspective. I'm like, yeah, for him to be actually like afraid of this guy. Who just looks like an idiot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. God, have you seen a more punchable face? (laughs) But I love that uh, when Tano comes in and he walks over and he calls Korra the Avatar, which is such a wonderful burn of the way that the word Avatar is pronounced in the movie that shall not be named. It's, it was,
1: it's, I love the small things, the small things that they
0: toss in there. There's no faster way to get the fandom to hate a character than to hear him <laughs> say that. <laughs> oh man. But, you know, of course, uh, you know, Cora is like, she's like, I am not scared of this fool. He looks ridiculous. This is not a problem. And then she just like whistles for Naga and Naga just. I love it like, because they, they almost make it look like she was about to break and then she puts her hands up to whistle yep <laughs> she realized yeah i have a giant polar bear dog that can do Sorry. this just as effectively <laughs> which you know it was it was a moment of restraint like you know obviously Bolin saying to her like look like this is not worth it we're gonna get kicked out of the competition if you hit him like he's clearly baiting cora to like see if yeah you know he knows and that she's based on track record yeah it's
1: a <laughs> certainly doable thing
0: yeah and i mean it's it's foreshadowing too to like tano resorting to kind of these kind of dirty tricks uh to find his way to victory because he realizes like i you know if we don't even have to like fight them i can just win the match here and now by getting her disqualified
1: and i I got a question for you later about that
0: Ooh, gotcha (laughs) um So then it brings us to uh, the second pro bending match. And of course, now the team dynamic is shaken up a little bit. Um, You know, we have Cora and Mako clearly uh, uncomfortable and awkward and at odds with each other after everything. They are causing unforced errors and they just don't have that same coordination with everything. And again, it's this idea of like, we set them up with a really great, intro of them just working so well together and then you know then they just (laughs) what is it that uh
1: yogi barra said um oh man as a yank fan i should remember it where he's like you know it's like baseball's like 100 like i can't remember what percent mental or physical and then what percent mental and it comes out to be like 300 percent. like yeah (laughs) it's one of those things where it's like clearly they're capable of whooping ass but when you get in your head and then, like, you start questioning what the other people are doing, all of a sudden, like, that coordination to help each other's blind spots goes away. Yeah. And egos take over.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, and it's it, it's something who is anyone who has played a sport before, I think, can understand and identify with because it's like we've all been in that position where we can tell people have had off days or if there's tension between members of the team. It's like, you know, you can say all you want, like, you know, just like leave that stuff on the sideline. Like people have a hard time because as soon as like something uh, like pushes that limit or kind of pushes that button, like suddenly all of that emotion that was attempted to be sidelined is suddenly like oh well no wonder like oh like you just you feel it just that kind of underlying frustration just yeah. bubbles up into those and it, moments
1: yeah so. and then it was curious to see uh or it was cool to see like them like failing in this moment
0: and then bowling going you know what Screw you guys <laughs> <laughs> yes. going and
1: whooping ass.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just Bolin being able to put the team on his back uh, for this and just like really showing like how capable he is. I mean, we, we see this throughout again. It, it's a, not only, you know, this is showing the breakdown of the team and what happens when, you know, you don't have kind of everyone on the same page, but it also reinforces just like how skilled Bolin is. And this, realization that he has to kind of pick up the pieces and he quite literally does when he like, it comes to the tiebreaker and he's just like Mako, you're like not in the right space to do this. Let me take care of this. And you know, just really comes in and delivers and you know, really really, proves why he is this formidable pro bender and bender in general. But I, yeah. I, I just, I love that. I love that solo match. I know we kind of briefly t- brought that up, but like the fact that it became kind of like added these elements of wrestling and that, you know, there, it was this kind of more physical match and it wasn't just throwing the rock discs at each other. Like th- that oh, I, to- I love
1: <laughs> all of this. It was, it was such a cool way to present all of bending. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to bounce back to it, I know you wanted to bring it up, which was uh, the animation of these fights mm. was so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, the just the quick shots of how the fire and water and uh, Earth was being worked around. Oh, oh, it was fantastic. And then watching all these elements, you know, in the old show, you wouldn't see all these elements together. Mm-hmm. Fighting, usually. It was usually fire versus Earth, fire versus air, fire versus water it um it wasn't until the end of the series where you started to kind of get them all together. So in this like you'd see you know an earthbender blocking a fire attack and then a waterbender attacking what a uh, firebender. I'm like,
0: "Oh, this is so cool." Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <so> <laughs> fight. Yeah, and it, it was great what
1: the animators do with it.
0: Oh, for sure. And it's cool because they make some really um like interesting like stylistic choices. Again, we talk about how Korra is this very fast-paced show, but then they y- do a great job with pacing here and editing in with moments of slow motion with the bending. Um, Really kind of like focusing in and like adding to the dramatics of a sporting event, how it's just like, you know, you have those slow motion, like what you would see in a replay and just really tapping into kind of the drama of a sport. Um, and then we get to see these moments of like of stills where we just see kind of a single frame with uh, like a, a sound sting underneath it. And it's just mm-hmm. the way that they kind of mix that up and like really kind of explored how to capture pro bending in a unique and dynamic way was really fun to revisit like I that's something I anytime I rewatch yeah
1: it was almost like watching when you watch an ESPN recap of something Mm -hmm. yeah um, where they have the this like you were saying the stills the um, you know the slow-mo and then we'll see it a little later on the uh, the rewind which Mm. for people who don't know what rewinding is (laughs) it's when you would actually physically rewind something (laughs) (laughs) wind the tape back up to then watch it again
0: back in my day we had tapes i don't get much but i get that that kind rewind (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh Um, man but no uh, yeah i love
1: the animation that they get to and like you said the way that they pace it with this yeah knowing it's like you know when you know that what 12 12 episodes correct me if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. um 12 30 minute long episodes so they get three hours. Oh, they're not even thirty That's minutes though. they th- I mean, th- they're, they're, they're they're like, 20, like twenty-two. 20, yeah. um, mm-hmm. So add all that, and just think about like how much time they spent with doing these animations. And when you do it like on a percentage of time of their, <laughs> what may have been their only season. <laughs> yeah. You know, these guys chose what they did, and they chose it wisely.
0: Definitely. So the match concludes, and uh, of course, you know, we have this. You know, the love triangle moment really kind of uh, reaches a fever pitch. And, you know, uh, Korra is accusing Mako of, like, you do care. It's, you know, this is because you're feeling jealous about this, this, and that. And, you know, there's that great moment where. And I think actually oh. this was before the fight but like when Decora and Mako are arguing outside of like the arena and they like go like kind of part their separate ways to go into the building and there's that one yes. single character he's like hey Mako go. okay oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's the little things like that that I love with these guys. Oh, I know. Mike and Brian always, like, if there is a moment to use just, like, a random, like, you know, just, like, character like that to add to a joke, they will do so. And they do so always with great comedic timing. Um, So we get this kind of confrontation between Mako and Cora um, up in the kind of roof area of the, uh, or at least where Mako and Bolin stay in the arena, and, you know, we get this moment where Mako is like, yeah, I, I, okay, I do have feelings for you. And, but I'm like with Asami, I'm just very confused about all of this right now. And again, Korra, a, a young woman oh, of action, just is goes, like, right for it. goes right for it. And, you know, it, again, it's this idea of like, this has all happened over the course of this just single episode. This is something that would be drawn out in not only Avatar but like a lot of other animated shows. Like it, just the how quickly this moves, and just the yeah, fact—it's almost that, like
1: watching a mini series. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but it's like Cora jumps to action with that, and like they have this very like passionate kiss in just a moment. But then, of course, Bolin. And that just heartbreaking. Uh, the funniest part is you know it, you yeah. know he's right there. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and then the other question is what? It, well, because it was that slow mo of the camera, it's one of those things where you know someone's going to be there, and then for a second you have to kind of wonder, oh shit, could you imagine if it was a Sami there? Oh my god.
0: That's oh. so true. I mean, that would. have Like, uh, because oh, wow. like,
1: that would have been that would have been rough too. Um, but then you see Bolin. Oh, poor Bolin. And you see him, and like the, you watch the camera go to him, and I love that they do all these little things, and then the breeze right across the roses as he's just standing there. Mm, yeah. And you're just like, oh. And then the oh my god the the fact that they went with the like cartoon cry. And then he ran away, and I don't mean this in any disparaging way to anyone. He ran away, throwing the flowers, and then with his hand, elbows in, arms out, just running away, <laughs> like the way you imagine like a five-year-old kid would run away,
0: yeah, <laughs> screaming. And uh, it was just
1: priceless. Oh, and then Pabu is there just like staring, like, Hi, I'm Pabu.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it's great because, you know, it's you brought up I love that you brought up the wind, uh, like kind of blowing across the roses because there's a moment earlier during their uh like during their date or one part earlier in this episode where Bolin is standing there and when he's feeling like really confident about like the way he's like kind of talked with Cora, he's standing there in this like very heroic pose and like the wind blows across his hair. Ooh. And like he's just like feeling so great about himself. Didn't think about that. And it's like it's it's unmotivated win but it's like it's perfect for like what they want to convey and then like how that like narrative thread continues into this moment of rejection and tragedy for him.
1: And with all due respect to everyone calling you know Avatar a cartoon and everything can you imagine how many other cartoons whatever shows even TV shows that are live would even care to put in the wind? Mm. Like Mm-hmm. They they add so much depth to a scene yeah. that you can almost kind of feel like you're there. Absolutely. It doesn't feel like just like some animated thing. It's like you see the you're like you can almost kind of feel yourself in that moment, and that's the whole point of you know TVs and movies is it kind of gets you into that character's point of view, and I feel like that just makes the the punch to Bolin's gut that much harder.
0: Yeah, and I mean it's Especially it's for this, the audience oh for sure, and it, it's it's actually it was I mean it was a technique that. Um, One of my favorite film directors, Akira Kurosawa, always did with his film was this idea of adding some kind of element to the scene, whether it was rain or wind or fire or something there to add a dynamic, tangible, elemental layer to the scene that can kind of, again, make the scene more tangible for the viewer because there is something there that like they can connect to on a physical level, even though they're watching it through a screen. That's cool. Um, yeah. There's, there's a great, uh, I think it's every frame of painting uh YouTube video uh, just all about how Kurosawa uses that. And if, if, if you are interested in that, anyone, it is, Phenomenal, He is, he is one of my favorites, uh, yeah, but on the list. Yes. Uh, but you know, of course we, and you know, I gotta, I gotta bring this moment, uh, because you know, I'm sad that Susan was not able to join us because this was the scene that Susan and I, we, we made so many memes and so much like riffing about this like scene of noodle drunk Bolin. And, yes.
1: and, <laughs> I love it. I love that they set it up. They managed to find the the way to present this so PG, but you knew like everybody knew what they meant. (laughs) Anyone above the age of like twelve Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone under the age of 12 thought it was hilarious anyway.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's this idea of just like, you know, he's like heartbroken and like Bolin finds him the next morning in this shop. And he is just like slurring his words. He looks so worse for wear. And there's all these bowls (laughs) of noodles. And it's great because, um, Uh, One of my uh, other favorite cartoons uh, Regular show They always have this running theme that uh, Whenever the characters eat wings It's the Mm -hmm. equivalent of them Like getting drunk (laughs) <laughs> so like whenever they eat a lot of wings or something really spicy, it's this idea of like them becoming inebriated, but it's a great way of like hiding in plain sight in a, like in a cartoon and an animated mm-hmm. show where they can just be like, Oh, it's just wings or, Oh, it's just noodles. But it's just yeah. like clearly for the older audience, they're like, exactly. yeah. yeah.
1: And it's, it was so good. Oh, I was crying the whole time. It
0: was so good. <laughs> you know? And then of course we get the, uh, the Pabu just with this massive gut, yeah, just the belly. Oh yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, the, the, one of the, I mean, this, this whole scene is so memeable and I know, uh, like Susan made or found one, either she made it or she found it. And then it was like that shot of Pabu in the bowl, like draped over it. And it was just like, paint me like one of your French girls. (laughs) but that's good i love the detail too because like pabu has eaten so many noodles he's probably also noodle drunk but like he hops on the floor and he literally cannot lift his gut off of like the ground so he literally is just he is just using his feet to just propel himself across the ground as his gut is just like dragging i just
1: love the little things that's like i said i just love the detail these people put in oh it's
0: so good so good uh, so that brings us to the third uh, and final match of the episode. And of course, now all three of the characters are off their game. The whole team dynamic that we saw at the beginning of them working well together has completely broken down. And, you know, we it's just it's uh, it's interesting because it's this. I think especially with the choice of their opponents, the Borcupines, uh, you know, this whole idea of the like kind of older competitors and the experience versus like kind of these newcomers and these young kids. But like what I love is that, you know, they said that they were like former champs. And clearly like yeah. these I'm like, okay, like this is really fascinating because like how long has pro bending really been around? And like, were these guys like some of the OGs that like came out of the pro bending scene? <laughs> That's and, a very good question. So, I mean, it's this idea of like what happens when you do bring in like an older team who may not be as physically adept, but in terms of strategy and, and not-
1: probably how well they know each other mm-hmm. by this point, like, you know, they're, if they're not the strongest, They're definitely at least, you know, among the smartest.
0: Yeah. And this idea of like, you know, what happens when you have a younger team, like it's more, there is more potential and raw power, but it's also so much more volatile because you have this like, you know, emotions and egos and everything just kind of getting in the way. And clearly this is what has happened with this. Um and, you know, we, we see, like, you know, Mako and Polin, uh, you know, they, like, get knocked out. Like, it's just not going well. And Bakora, her turn to put the team on her back and manages to just pull off this amazing triple knockout with this, like, singular water blast. And it was just such a great way, again, to just show how skilled she is as a bender. Yeah. And, like, you know, she... Clearly, has I mean, again, looking back to the very first episode, she is fighting against two firebenders and she's outmatched in that sense. And like, she's used to dealing with like these multiple benders. So it's like, okay, now she's gotten used to the pro bending rules and now she's applying all that training that she's had with. You know these multiple opponents and finds her moment and is able to yeah. just kind of get this knockout for uh, them advancing to the finals.
1: Yeah, and, and yeah, I was gonna say it's like lest we forget, she's not only the avatar; she's a waterbender avatar. <laughs> it's like you know when you know she digs deep, she can you know it's like we saw so the same with Ang. It's like the avatar is capable of almost un not unstoppable, but like an extremely high amount of power in a short amount of time. Mm. Um. But, you know, it's like it's the and this is why the show is still entertaining. These people may be the avatar, but they're still kind of avatars in training.
0: Yes. So there's
1: so the the fact that you get the highs and the lows means will you get the highs or will you get the lows? Mm -hmm. And Korra came and showed what's up.
0: Yeah, for real. Uh, and then you know we have this nice kind of like ending ending scene um, where Bolin obviously after he's been hurt and Korra you know it's like she goes to like put her hand on him he's like haven't you heard me enough woman yeah, that was so good <laughs> <laughs> oh such a good reply uh, but it's cool because then we get to hear Korra say like look I learned healing uh, from Katara the best there is and it's just like oh yes Oh, we're just reminded. I know. Uh, just a great Harken back and her and Bolin have this really nice scene where they make up and it's just like, you know, showing that they can move on and understanding that like, you know, it was given a fair shot and clearly the feelings are not there, but like they both enjoy being around each other. And there is this like friendship and camaraderie there that they both understand and respect and want to, further develop and cherish and it's it's great it's just like establishing that and not adding any more drama to it and just kind of resolving it in that in that episode
1: and again they do it with a you know it's such as what seems so simple like when you see it from afar but they're constrained on time how do you have these people go from all being friends to them being in a love triangle to then going on a date to them breaking that person's heart to then them being friends again and it's Bolin getting that you know nail right between the scales, mm. um, to so that way then they can have her come in and heal and show that no, there's no hard feelings. Look, this is what it was, and let's just keep going.
0: Yeah. So. Yep. Um, and then the last kind of scene is you know we have you know Tano and the wolf bats come in and then you know just over the course of this like they they finish the match and it's quick, and it's like. You know the announcers is just like, I hope the fire ferrets have a good doctor because they are in for <laughs> it. It's just like, oh boy,
1: I love. It. It's almost like uh, my wife watches uh, Jane the Virgin. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't watch it, but I listen. I hear the uh, the voiceover guy because it's like a telenovela. Yeah, <laughs> and the voiceover guy freaking makes the show. He is fantastic, the dripping sarcasm and in humor. And it just remind me of that. It's like when you have a good announce, like this guy, the announcer, he just has those little
0: quibs where you're just like, oh, damn it. That was actually really funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it leads into a, uh, you know, a really nice uh, setup into uh, the next episode, uh, which Uh, because we are going to be doing our new format we are going to be doing for next week so uh, that kind of concludes this first part of uh, this discussion of our episode Um, but again because we are doing these shorter formats uh, we are going to be releasing them every week Um, so be sure to uh, stay uh, stay tuned for our discussion on episode six coming next week um, but yeah, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me tonight and for diving into this discussion. This is this has been delightful. Oh, Thanks Cora. for having me. Yeah, of course. And uh, remember, you can find us uh, on social media, uh, Legend of Portalcast uh, at. Instagram and Facebook, Portalcast Pod on Twitter, and LegendOfPortalcast.com uh, to learn more about our uh, uh, about the show and to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. And if you do, feel free to leave us a review. It would be wonderful. We'd appreciate it. Because if you don't, then we're just gonna be like sad Bolin with our flowers blowing in the wind. <laughs> 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 Uh, But for real, thank you all so much again for listening and supporting the show and uh, your feedback to uh, give us kind of this new format to work with. We're really, really loving it. Uh, But for now, let us leave.